Pondering Popper Podcast, your premier popper podcast where we pop it off about popper. Uh, that's enough alliteration, and we're going to go ahead and uh, let you know our topic today is Storm. Storm is one of those things that uh, really makes a lot of people angry, really gives a lot of people a lot of fun, and probably shouldn't last very long in popper, but we're not really sure, so we're going to go ahead and talk about it. How are you doing here, Diego? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I I am suffering from storm burnout. Uh, huh. I do enjoy in a vacuum playing storm. Uh, it's I get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of Sudoku Solitaire, so uh, I <laughs> I'm fine doing that while someone else just sits there and watches from the other side of the board. But playing the same game where I'm constantly playing against five mainboarded hate spells uh, just got a little tiring, so I uh, skipped the last challenge. I've been enjoying piloting Storm because it feels rewarding. Um, It feels like you are rewarded for playing to your outs, making sure that you know what's left in your deck, uh, playing to the... um, uh, educated guesses, maybe I would say. Basically, am I able to do this, or you know, what's the odds of this happening? So that's been pretty cool. But I do not like how the meta is so siloed, and there's basically three decks. We've gotten to the point where it is blue, black, Fey or Delver, Affinity, and Storm, and then we have a smattering of Burn here or there. I guess they think they can race, and then we see some crazy things like there's a mono white heroic deck that has decided to not play any heroic creatures and instead play healer's hawk which is a one mana one one flying lifelink and a bunch of um enchantments on that so that healer's hawk is just the idea is hey i'm gonna beat storm's first run if they can only 20 me which i guess makes sense and you do have a clock so i did lose to them as storm once but it just doesn't feel super good, and it feels like if it's the meta where all you have to do is hard target something, like is that where we really want to be? I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call that a deck. I'd call that a bad sign. <laughs> yeah. I also put four dust to dust in the sideboard in my familiar's deck just because I knew there was so much affinity. Oh man, yeah. If you did not like playing against affinity before, <laughs> which I did not. I still maintain that that's one of Stompy's worst matchups. Which hmm. also uh, don't don't register don't bother registering Stompy. Yeah, you're not gonna win against Affinity. You're not gonna win against Storm, and you're not gonna win against uh, Removal and Counterspell dot deck. I don't think. I guess it's uh, a f- it's Stompy has it's a good Fey matchup, right? But what about yeah, Delver? It's a good Fey matchup. Delver is harder, but we've got. 15% of the meta being blue black and 8% you know half of that is blue black fey so you're not going to meta game yeah. against 8% of a, a meta it's not going to go super good enough about stompy storm so i guess we'll talk about uh its history and uh, i believe you want to lead on with uh, temporal fisher familiars yeah so from what i understand when um when popper was in its infancy with no bands, um, we were looking at a deck 
leveraging snap familiars and the bounce lands along with cloud of fairies to generate a lot of storm really early and then temporal fissure all your opponent's permanents and attack them to death with one ones which is probably not super fun and goes off really really early uh temporal fissure got banned from what i understand and also uh the good draw spell um the delve draw spell that i'm blanking on right now uh treasure cruise true treasure cruise so then later we have uh this racto shell with grape shot and since grape shot is just a one card combo with the storm count you can just blast your opponent to oblivion and that seemed like it's pretty much the predecessor of the shell that we have today with the sack lands the depletion lands stuff like that yeah I think they also had some Empty the Warrens decks. Yes, uh, I believe those were actually uh, really uh, hard stretch Grixis. Like uh, they ran both Sign and Blood and Ideas Unbound. Oh yeah, because Knight's uh, Whisper didn't exist, I believe. Yep, it uh, was not downshifted because this was pre-Eternal Masters. Hmm. Uh, yeah, which when people were saying, oh, you got to run green in your storm, or you have to get green mana in your storm deck when a Char Storm was spoiled, I just pointed to that and said, that <laughs> that is what we were working with. It can't and possibly it be that hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh boy. after all those things were banned, I think uh, Popper just was in. I know there was a Drake meta that uh, was pretty brutal for a lot of people as far as combo goes that was a five mana untap five lands creature mm -hmm. so you could just flicker that mnemonic wall to make infinite mana with bounce lands and then just rolling thunder or someone to death yeah oh you're right yeah it doesn't have to be bounce lands you just <laughs> it's plus two mana yeah. every time there oh man yeah uh i believe drake lasted for six months i don't know how how long it was but i'm not yeah. i still didn't join popper until after drake yeah me neither so then after drake um raptor 56 decided to try to make um another storm card work and that is sprouting vines and he created vine storm which abused gush and sprouting vines to basically flip or like wheel your hand a couple of times and then use a card that gives you mana based on the number of cards that are in your hand. So use Sprouting Vines to get all your lands out of your deck. Use the the card to... Inner Fire? I Inner believe. Fire, yeah. Inner Fire makes red mana based on the amount of cards in your hand. And then you just Rolling Thunder somebody out. Which seems pretty fun. I don't think it really took off, but he did 5-0 with it if you look back in time. That's a problem that I immediately knew off the top of my hand what that single janky card was from. It was uh, probably something that you were working with when trying to make official brand work. Mm, so yeah. after after Vinestorm, I believe Caleb Gannon was screwing around with uh, his official brand deck, which used Rush of Knowledge combined with Delve Creatures to draw a bunch of cards. And then yeah. a card called Energy Tap, which is blue to tap a creature and then add generic or colorless mana based... Not colorless, I guess just generic. I don't actually know. Yeah. Er, but uh, 
it's, generic, it's not colorless. Yeah, just it's generic. generic. Add the mana based on the CMC or MV mana value as oh, things yeah, are changing. It's not CMC anymore. <laughs> no. So that generates a ton of mana, and then you're rolling Thunder People out too, and you get to draw a bunch of cards, play some rituals, play some big creatures. It yeah. just was pretty fragile and didn't really go down. People loved it, they wanted to play it, but nobody played it to any real success. I would uh, say the closest or that we've come that still is around is probably Walls. As far uh, as a Caleb Gannon with, deck? Or as far as like kind of Storm-esque like single-turn combo, once well, Tuck Tuck Rubble Fort got printed. Yeah. And even before a little, that deck does kind of just untap, flip deck... Certainly, you if you make infinite mana and you have a creature that lets you look at every card and put it into play, that's pretty good. Yeah. Or but I like... think we can't uh, not mention Cycle Storm. Oh, of course. So Cycle Storm is just cycle creatures play uh, Songs of the Damned for a bunch of mana, uh, reaping the graves them back, play them again, cycle them again, eventually drain a stinger somebody to death, and if you are looking for solitaire that is your jam because cycle storm is one of those decks where people time out when they win (laughs) it's so brutal yeah i cannot i just can't imagine it seems so repetitive to me but at the same time uh like i don't know i think that it's the there's variance with the uh with Chatterstorm, uh, which I guess we're caught up to that now, uh, that made it a little more enjoyable for me to go off with it. Well, I think it's uh, just that you you have a lot more draw spells, and it's not just like one one mana draw, and you can also randomly just have it in your hand with Chatterstorm mm, versus with Cyclestorm. Yeah. You're probably not going to open the nuts and kill them really early. Because you have to get up to a critical mass of creatures in your graveyard in order for Songs of the Damned to work very well. Plus, you yeah. only have four Songs of the Damned or four Reaping the Graves. Although, you know, later versions of Cycle Storm started using um, Talarian Winds to, to uh, wheel your hand or Mystical Teachings to grab extra copies of uh, Reaping the Graves or songs of the damned so that's kind of cool like they're looking at more redundancy which was good yeah so then we had some tournaments um in popper that were sort of uh on the fringe i would say but some brazilians put together no ban list popper tournaments and raptor decided to work on it a lot and made the finals with an is it list which was just um 12 one mana cantrips gush treasure cruise um right of flame seething song and grape shot i think that's basically what it was and just obliterated everybody and then in the finals lost to sinkhole him to torak mm. which you know you're gonna lose to sinkhole him to torak if they get a good rng what are you gonna do yeah if they hit that dark ritual yep so moving into Modern Horizons, when Shatterstorm got uh, spoiled, 
that was really the list that I was looking into because I had had experience watching Raptor play the is it version and then other people were thinking hey the perfect popper storm with Rakdos is probably where you want to be so we saw we were looking at the Modern Horizons 2 spoilers and I remember they were saying on the stream or something that one of the color pairs it, I believe it's green red that their identity was Storm and we all just like face palmed yeah uh... and then they said hey here's Chatterstorm and everybody was like this is just Empty the Warrens, but cheaper. It's like yeah. a half Empty the Warrens. And as you said, yeah. the, the color doesn't matter. Yeah, it's when you... Yeah, when you... I don't know off the top of... I think I can count on one hand after playing like weeks of Storm the amount of times where the mana color has mattered. And if and it should... has, it's because I punted. Or it's because you're like, oh, I'll float two green. Oh, I'm sorry. I only have, I have three chatters in my hand. I guess I only play two. <laughs> or uh, this fun little thing that Moto does uh, where if you have two different types of mana and you select them to cast Manamorphose cause, because it's a hybrid uh, and just because it has a generic cost, if you have two different colors of mana, you'll have to select it. You have to be very careful not, not to, to click fast click on your not to click on the floating mana after you have paid the cost because then that will add another color of the floating mana that you click uh which <laughs> oh not fun has cost me a couple of games uh, yeah we'll have to get into that when we talk about uh how to's <laughs> yeah no. so hold that thought so when when chatterstorm came out um I remember Alex Ullman, who writes for Channel Fireball, saying on Twitter something like, um, Wizards, I can't tell you the number of F-bombs I just dropped. <laughs> and everybody was just like, this is going to break stuff. But we're all kind of excited about it, maybe. And then they also released the artifact lands that are indestructible. And another mirror enforcer. So it's like, okay, I guess this is a two-deck format now. What was what was that water quote? What was he was in the water? What did he uh, what did he say? He was like I I ex, like I set my expectations so low for Well, I mean, uh, I could see I, it. I set my expectations so low, but they still managed to somehow <laughs> uh, we were all I remember while I was streaming and people asked, what do you think is going to happen with Modern Horizons 2? I was like, well, you know what? They're going to print something that breaks the format, but I'd rather have an interesting and broken format than non. Uh, and then that monkey's paw, that finger just curled right up. Uh, <laughs> that is how it happened. Um, in playing a little teeny bit of Modern Horizons 2, I can understand why they made the lands indestructible because there is a ridiculous amount of artifact hate. And if yeah. someone is playing a dual land that comes into play tapped and it just gets blown up, that would really, really stink. But they could have just made it not come into play tapped or not even made dual lands. I don't, yeah. I don't really see why 
I mean, good mana fixing makes sense to make a limited format enjoyable. And I it think... was it's cool to like just have all these common mana fixing things. And you're just playing like everything. And I think they also needed artifact lands for their delirium sub theme. So it yeah. makes sense, but it sucks for I, us. I think on the whole, Marn Horizons Two is a pretty great limited set. I've had a lot of fun with it. It's I'm just not rich enough my... to play that. Yeah, no, that's the that is where every single penny of my storm sent. Uh, every cent I made off of Storm went right down that Modern Horizons 2 drain. I am uh, infamously terrible at Limited. Uh, but, okay. Yeah. So, sidebar, what was your best pull? Uh, what was my best pull? I think it was Endurance. Never pulled nice. a Ragavan. It was Endurance at some point when Endurance was like the third priciest. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I I joined dropped one of the um, weekend events because I had QPs and pulled a saga, so I got like sixty tickets from that or something. That was pretty nice. cool. That was yeah. nice. <laughs> Sometimes uh, running it through a hundred leagues or not hundred leagues, I'm sorry, but running through a bunch of games and getting QPs and just seeing you know rolling the dice. That's kind of good. Yeah. I mean, I I think I joined that uh that Modern Horizons like limited event. I remember I was streaming double queuing it and the challenge. Uh, I dropped uh, both pretty soon, or at least I dropped the Modern Horizons uh, league pretty soon. Mm. We um we were all pretty upset about Chatterstorm. We're all pretty mm. upset about Mirror Enforcer. Some people were excited about these things. I did not mm. think that uh, the Instructable Lands were going to be good for us because Affinity was literally being held in check by Gorilla Shaman, and now it's not. Exactly, yeah. Uh, it's like, hmm, what's this axis that Affinity is inherently weak on? <laughs> what if yeah. we, you know, just patched that out? <laughs> I think we just have uh, to remember that... Uh, Popper is not the format that Watsy is designing for. They're designing for limited, yeah. And in this case, they're designing for limited and potentially uh, modern because we have seen the artifact lands come into play in actual affinity now, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But well, you know, I mean, we yeah. we all hope that eventually uh, these things will get taken care of, and you just kind of have to adapt. Try not to be super negative. Um, yeah. You know, another sidebar, I think people have been like, oh, Wizards is the worst. They keep ruining Popper. They're doing it on purpose. And, you know, people like Sam Black are on the design team. I'm pretty sure he's not trying to kill Popper. Yeah, <laughs> it's... I I personally, I think that statement that they didn't test Urza's Saga once... Oh yeah! Like literally, not a single test match was played with it. I think wasn't that, that kinda... because of COVID though? Yeah, but they're playing. You're in a. You don't have to be in person to test. It's something that when your job is to test, that's not really something that should fall through the cracks. I don't you know, know what I'm saying. It's that's not an industry that COVID specifically disrupted. I they it, they did disrupt the uh, shipping. Oh yeah, it would disrupt shipping. That yeah, that would make sense. 
But yeah, so I, I don't see how having to switch to remote would, I don't know, it uh, it seems kind of indicative to me. But yeah, on again, that's not intentional. Nobody at Wizards is saying down and saying, "All right, today we're going to sabotage this format." for the sake of money they're they're trying to make uh interesting magic cards yeah Uh, it's just sometimes they don't put a whole lot of thought into them well Uh, i'm sure a lot of thought goes into it but like if you want to continue to sell cards and you want to continue to make it enjoyable and not repetitive you have to do something that's going to break so yeah push the envelope that's kind of and if we think about from this set, something that's really busted that no one saw coming was Galvanic Relay. Yeah. So during during the spoilers, when I saw Galvanic Relay, I was like, okay, that seems fine. It's not that big of a deal. You get, let's say, like, you're playing in a fair deck. It, You're going to get maybe a Divination, potentially three cards, which would be really great. But then once you have three cards that you're playing in a, in, like, a fair deck, then you're just not even able to cast them all. You're just hoping that one of them is a land, one of them is a burn spell. Not really getting anywhere. Yeah. And then, you know, fast forward, the combination of these two things is really crazy. Oh, man. So keep that that in thought. The first time I cast Galvanic Relay, because my thoughts at the time were, I said, that's kind of cool. Uh, but I don't think it's very, I don't think it's viable, uh, at least with what we currently have. And boy, was yeah. I wrong. It, uh, the first time I cast that spell, I went, oh, that's <laughs> what this does. It, it's something that, honestly, I don't think I have an excuse for not see, thinking about, I don't know. It's just, basically, well, it, yeah, it allows you to put your fail case on hold. And in some matchups, that doesn't work out. It's not uh, great into burn, uh, for example. It can be clunky versus affinity because they just have that fast clock. Though versus affinity, it is nice to, if they have their Krark clan out, just being able to say, all right, I'm going to wait till next turn and uh, see if I can draw a hate card out of there. Yep. Or enough rituals to then lessen learn get the uh or learn get the uh introduction to annihilation cast introduction to annihilation exile crook clan then go off yeah but the first couple of decks that we saw was is it or rakdos rakdos wasn't playing any basics and is it wasn't and neither of them were playing relay except if we think about it and we saw Zach Dunn top aided the first weekend. He came in third place with playing four Galvanic Relay, and nobody believed in it. Not like you said, it is really insane. Weeks. But then it's... when I was testing, like is it was super good against uh, blue decks because you could just Giga Drowse them out and then kill them. Just bide your time, Giga Drowse them, attack for thirty or whatever. Whereas Rakdos was like, hey, I opened a good opener, you die on turn two. But if they didn't make it, if the blue deck was fighting the Rakdos deck without Galvanic Relay, they're not going to be able to have any sustainability. So if they can't 
get going in the very beginning, they just lose. So you have like these two decks that are on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, Zach saw the truth and nobody believed him. And then when I was testing, I was testing Rakdos. I'm like, okay, this is not, this is just way too fragile. And then I was testing Is It, and I was just getting destroyed by single points of interaction from like Clark Clan Shaman. And we all didn't really figure out the lesson package. But then I was testing Is It, and I just decided to shove four relays in it. And I was like, this is really, really insane. And I and then I was trying to like shove the Is It list and make that go. But it just doesn't, when you're playing blue-red, you don't have any rituals that make your card draw work. So yeah. even if you've got like 50 red mana, you can't cast your blue cantrip. Metamorphose only goes for so much. Yep. Whereas it, in the Rakdos list, all of your dark rituals, all your cabal rituals are fueling your Knight's Whispers, fueling your sign and blood. They're making you draw more cards. And you're also in those lists playing depletion lands so you have more mana originally just from your lands i you know in a specific turn and then you're playing at least i'm playing six stars and spheres so you have a lot of like ways to cycle and even get more cards yeah spheres and stars also just side note fantastic with galvanic relay yes exactly so sand pop like three weeks after Zach top aided, and he's put out like this article saying how awesome Galvanic Relay is, and nobody believes him. He tries Zach's list with a couple of updates to the lesson package, because we're now playing Pest Summoning, which gives you uh, extra two bodies plus one storm, so you can actually storm off to seven, play Pest Summoning, and then wait, is it? It would be six, seven. Yeah, seven. Pest summoning Chatterstorm is twenty, I believe. Yeah. It and so it, it makes it like super lethal. easy if you have the mana yeah. to kill some to to kill, which gives you like this really lethal. quick turn to win. And then we all put in introduction to annihilation, and I saw I think Adepto Terra doing that first, but who knows? And that just kills the main deck, uh, Shaman, which is awesome. Yeah. So. Tanpop went like 19 and 1 and he's just obliterating people with the list and then I just like straight up copied it and this was playing Faithless Looting and stuff and just 10-0'd right off the bat. Yeah. So I think people kind of figured that out that people were going to be on Storm and they started playing more main deck hate in, the, in like Echoing Decay, Dispel, Echoing Truth. I actually got Echoing Truth out of, Echoing Truth out of Affinity and then I just like flipped the table <laughs> and started main decking to rest. I was like, I can't do this yeah. anymore. You're not doing this to me. <laughs> I copied you after that. I remember I was like, Faithless Looting's feeling a little bit underwhelming. And you're like, you should probably main board to rest. And I did. And then it, I just stopped losing to that main board echoing. Um, yeah. If there was if there was a duress lesson, can you imagine? It would be brutal. Yeah. Well, they would still counter the first day, but... Yeah, but one thing that we didn't talk about so far is that first day of class really makes this deck deck home as well. Like if you had yeah. to play Bushwhacker, I think you would still be busted, but I think that first day of class is really good with this, because not only does Absolutely. it make it 
uh, it gives you one more storm before you play the chatter and it gives them the pump whereas uh, Bushwhacker would be have to play it afterwards so you'd have to storm to nine chatter Bushwhacker which would be a bit harder and it's a little bit harder on mana since it would be red red right yeah and then um, but it, like we said it gives you the lesson package of introduction to prophecy for digging uh, introduction to annihilation for destroying things um, and the pest summoning and some people are even playing environmental sciences which is I think kind of medium but it's worth it I guess you don't really need that many sideboard slots honestly I yeah I put in Ramirez de Pietro <laughs> I, I literally run Ramirez de Pietro and environmental sciences just because I was never boarding in uh, some of the cards in the sideboard. I think yeah. environmental sciences won me one game. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe versus burn, or you Yeah, you do like the tricky thing where... So environmental sciences, for the listeners, is two mana, get a, car, get a land card from your deck, and you gain two life. So yeah. if you haven't made a land drop, it really just costs one mana to gain a life. Or gain, or two, gain life. two life. Which can be useful. And also, can, um, it can fix for black, but you're rarely ever hurting for black. It's basically yeah. just an oops, I made my mana wrong uh, button. <laughs> yeah. Which, it's basically then it's a safeguard against stupidity, which I personally need. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. It uh, it's not. I wouldn't recommend it. I um, I've been really liking the list that I'm playing, and let's just talk about what is going on with the deck and what are the flex slots, I guess. So, yeah. most people are playing at minimum twelve rituals, and that would be four uh, four ofs of dark ritual, rite of flame, and cabal ritual. Uh, that's pretty much. 100% set in stone. Yeah. And then you also have four first day of class, four Chatterstorm, four Galvanic Relay, four Manamorphose, and four Lotus Petal. So let's put those yeah. over there. And then I guess for anybody playing Rakdos, you're going to be playing four Knights Whisper yeah. um, 100% as well. I see Sign and Bloods usually at two. And then people are playing almost always four Chromatic Stars. Yep. And then I see three or two chromatic spheres. Yeah, it's usually three or two chromatic spheres. Raptor uh, has liked going to four. I like exactly. I like six with the two spheres. And then some people are playing anywhere between twelve and fourteen lands, with mm -hmm. a mix of different depletion lands and the sack lands and basics. So the sack lens would be something like Geothermal Crevice, which taps to, comes into play tapped, adds red, and Crevice can be sacrificed to add black and green, which is pretty good on your combo turn. And these sacrifice and depletion lands do fuel Cabal Ritual because that um, is much better when you have Threshold. Yeah. And then almost everyone's playing four Peat Bog. Yeah. Some people are playing less than four Sandstone Needle, and most people are playing two Swamps. Uh, Adepto Terra is playing one uh, forest, and I don't think he's playing Depletion Lands, really. So, <laughs> this deck has, like, almost no flex slots. It's so weird. I, I'm i playing 
two sign and blood, two to rest, two chromatic sphere, and those could really be anything you wanted. Like you could you could cut sign and blood and sphere for two rituals or something. But I do think that the two to rest main is probably necessary. Yeah. So then now we're down to four flex slots, um, maybe six if you count some of the lands. Eh, I don't know how few lands you really want to go down, to be honest. Yeah. I could but see I think maybe that, one in a pinch. but Yeah, I probably wouldn't go down more than six draw spells, actually. I really like having all six, although Sign and Blood is not very good. Um, it's really mana intensive, and it's just makes me feel like I'm playing mono black control. <laughs> it gives me that dirty feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you absolutely need duress. Uh, and yeah. I really, really, really like having all of the spheres and stars because a lot of the times when you do a galvanic relay, you might not have all the mana in play that you need. And you can just like if you have extra mana, it's just cycler. And if you don't have the colors, it'll fix. And it's another spell that you can cast pre or post to generate storm counts really super good. Yeah. It's also it's the investment you pay up front with relay, while the payoff of the mana you like of the mana and the draw for free you get later. So it's 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 very good. Also, one of the sticking points with relay is uh you might need like mana of one certain color to get off the ground. Uh, I almost never want to relay with no lands out. Uh, yeah, but um, we can yeah. go into how to pop off a relay um, once we talk about like sideboard stuff too. Yeah, um, I would say that I really like my list. Uh, I'm playing four each of crevice. Pete Bog and Sanso Needle with two swamps. That's 14 lands. I think that gives you a really good opportunity to actually make your land drops. And then I like to lead on Pete Bog, Night's Whisper, and then do something else like a couple stars, pop off a relay on three, and then just jam on four. Um, I have one on no lands, which has been fun with like double petal, double ritual, first day of class chatterstorm. It's just like the craziest things can happen. Yeah, you see, you're talking about jamming on store. My for my fatal flaw was I always jammed on three. Uh, oh, which though to be trying honest, to win on turn three, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, it. I mean, it. Worked. It depends. It always <laughs> depends, right? But yeah, now that there's more interaction, it's a much less safe because I do yeah. want to have that mana to yeah. Yeah. So talking about interaction, our sideboard is pretty much filled with interaction. So my sideboard, I have two Echoing Truth and one Echoing Decay. To be honest, I never ever bring them in. I almost never bring them in, but they're basically for mirrors. I think Echoing Truth is good versus Bogles, which could become a problem. I'm not sure. But Duress would also be good versus Bogles, so I probably wouldn't bring it in. Yeah, I can never imagine bringing that in for Bogles. Yeah, I I could see it in principle, but I just can't. Yeah, I'm also playing three gut shots. I know some people play four, but I don't think I'm ever gonna actually bring in four cards. So three yeah. is fine. Gut shot is going to be for Clark Clan Shaman. I don't really know exactly how to say it. I Keep think it's Clark Clark Clark. Kent Shaman. 
it's Clark yeah, Kent Clark, shaman. <laughs> yeah, it's a Clark clan shaman. I think like mono blue fairies or um, like a, a very heavy spell setter deck or uh, crypt rats could potentially come in against that. Otherwise, I think you're pretty much fine. Yeah, I don't see crypt rats getting played at all. And usually in those cases, yeah, you can I, just blast it with introduction to annihilation. Day, but yeah. Yeah, and then I'm playing the lesson package and two weather the storms, <laughs> mostly because burn can kill you while you're trying to draw your cards. So I just want to like storm off weather the storm, hit a relay, and then just obliterate them the next turn. Yeah, that's the problem is because all of our draw spells are pain draws. They can actually they actually interact on a meaningful basis because we do use our life total as a resource, uh, unlike other combo decks. Yeah. And then, I don't know if I mentioned the Flaring Pains, but those are mostly against Moments, Peace, and Strands. We have... Yeah. I've really seen Bully fall off, but people are starting to pick up Tron again, so it's pretty good yeah. against Moments, Peace. Yep. So, if you go into um, playing the deck, basically what you want to do is, in your opener, you're going to need Lance. Or, or a ton of Lotus Petals and mana. And what you're, what I'm usually looking for is a way to draw cards or a way to have a big storm off early. So if I open up like Pete Bog, Night's Whisper, and a couple other things, I'll probably keep that. If I open up um, enough mana to cast a relay and a couple of rituals, that seems really good. If I open up like First Day Class Chatterstorm, a couple of rituals, that's really good. You're going to kind of evaluate whether or not you can win early, whether or not you have any staying power. Um, it's all going to be pretty um, context-dependent, especially against your whatever opponent you're on. Um, but you also have to pay attention to your mana. Like You don't want to be playing Peat Bog, using it for two spheres, and then the next turn using it for Knight's Whisper, hoping to hit a second land. You need to be very careful. So what I like to do is, when I know I'm going to be doing a relay, I might sometimes wait an extra turn and, like, Knight's Whisper on turn three or something to try to, like, maintain as much, as many depletion and sack lands in play as possible, even if they only have one counter, and then, like, do something big, hoping that you'll be able to get there. Like, having four mana on the turn after relay is probably enough. And, but you still want to like you still want to be able to put a relay into play that's big enough for it to matter. Although I did have a turn um, in a recent match where I had three relays in my opener, so I just blasted a relay for th for three cards on turn two, which was good enough to get me into the next you know double relay on turn yeah. three. What's interesting about relay that I think. Um, does change the game and change how you have to play it is that you you have to realize that it's storm used to be like are they going to kill me on their turn i have to go off but now it's are they going to kill me in two turns i have yeah. to go off which is very interesting i think there's a very interesting uh risk analysis uh calculation that you have to do when you're uh because with relay, you have to play two turns ahead. 
you have to not only think, yeah, I think it requires more foresight and knowledge about how each separate deck uh, plays out. How many cards is your opponent going to see? How are they going to be able to hold up interaction and uh, present threats that uh, will punish you for sitting on for waiting? It, mm-hmm. Yeah, that type of stuff becomes super important uh, with Relay. And I think Relay creates interesting decisions. Uh, I like Relay as a card. Uh, I don't think it's balanced, but I I like the scenarios it creates, at least from my end. I imagine <laughs> from my opponent's standpoint, they're not super happy about me basically suspend one, draw my deck. Uh, but yeah. yeah. It, uh, the best yeah. feeling is drawing like 25 cards with relays on turn three or turn two. Oh, yeah. And then you just, the opponent just has to scoop. Like, what are they going to do? But you have to make sure that when you do that, you don't just spew everything. Um, yeah. Sometimes uh, I come up to the point where I have most of my rituals in hand with the relays then you might want to save a few, sandbag them for a post-relay because you know that your odds of actually being able to have enough mana to do stuff post-relay is not good. You kind of have to pay attention to how many Lotus Petals, how many Metamorphos, how many stars do I have in my deck, which is a lot going on. Yeah, it is important to keep... Like, that is also, again, like, I'm only viewing this from a moto interface where it's very clear. This is probably more of a nightmare to keep up with in paper. Yeah, especially because you're not allowed to keep track of things with dice. You have yeah. to write things down as far as mana in a uh, high-level REL. Yeah. That would be stinky. Yeah. Also, a uh, niche case... Uh, I was going to talk about when we were on the topic of Depletion Lands, but I forgot. Uh, since you are running, if you're running Rakdos, and you should be running Rakdos. I don't think anybody is playing Is It at the moment. Yeah, nobody's playing Is It. A couple of people are on the mono green Ganon Storm. Uh, we could talk about that in a minute. I mean, I haven't played it, so I played against it, and I beat it, but... I haven't played against it enough to really assess it, but I just think it's I think it's a cute I just don't think Bequeathal is uh worth the uh bending over that the deck has to go through to support it. Yeah. We can sidebar and talk about that. Caleb Gannon is a brewer, a prolific brewer who basically push the walls deck to the point where it is now where it's playing like winding ways and all these like green it's just like a base green walls deck whereas before it was a blue green kind of like yeah. mid-rangey walls deck with freed from the real and he put out a six land fo- all forest build with tinder wall and wild cantor and playing bequeathal on the creature so that he could sacrifice and draw cards and it does its thing when it does it really well but the thing is, it doesn't have any card draw. Yeah. So if it doesn't do the thing, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It, uh, he is very much a fan of pushing that land count as low as it can go. Yeah. yeah. He loves doing that. He does, yeah. <laughs> Just land uh, grants for days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Don't. I remember, yeah, 
it was a thing. I forget. I know I tried that out with uh, Walls. I 5 would with a land grant version. Uh, and at the time, like, as soon as I 5 would I was like, yeah, no, this isn't the way to go. You can really lose to interaction there. Yeah, like, you're going... So, I think going so... The thing is, you're not... Yeah, it frees up more flex slots, but I'm not sure how important those flex slots are. Sometimes you have thing. to worry about, am I trying to go too fast and, and yeah. losing it? And if you if you look at the Storm decks, the Rakdos deck can still win turn one. I've had turn ones, turn, a lot of you know a decent amount of turn twos, and oh, yeah. uh, you kind of just have to accept that the ter- number of turn ones is going to be lower. But he was trying to beat the meta by being faster, which yeah. sure that does make sense. That's an angle, definitely an angle. So uh, when you're playing Storm, um. One of the things that I wanted to harp on was what I like to do is like be flexible with the mana that I'm floating to be mm-hmm. like, hey, this could happen or this could happen. So if you can see the writing on the wall where you kind of have to go for it, you might want to float a green. You might want to like make sure you have extra red, extra black so that you can cast a Cabal ritual. Kind of like be aware of what's going on in your deck and try to play to your outs, I guess, is what I want to say. Additional, this is what I forgot. This is what I was going to get into, but then moved away from. Uh, niche thing. Uh, if you know you need to go off in one turn and you don't have threshold yet, uh, make sure if you have an untapped depletion land on two counters, tap it down to one counter. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that doesn't come up that yeah. often, but that's can it's be very important a couple of times but it is yeah it can be a game changer but yeah it's again very niche case there's not a lot of scenarios but when it is you'll be very glad you did remember another way to get threshold early is if you have first day of class already in hand you can either first day of class and pitch a card for plus two in the yard or you can just like if you have six cards in the yard you can first day of class that puts you to seven and then start blasting uh cabal rituals yeah you also um if you go like turn one knight's whisper sign and blood and you go up to eight cards in hand you don't always have to play out your uh, lotus petal to go down to not have to discard to hand size because having cards in the yard is not necessarily a bad thing yes discarding something like right of flame that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Discarding an extra land, also super helpful. So look into those opportunities for sure. Yeah. Storm leads to some weirder uh, choices. Yeah, decisions. Yeah. Also some very weird hand cho- hand keeps. and uh, <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. I guess what I want to say was, if I am playing Storm and I'm playing against someone else i'm just trying to figure out if i can win now or how i can stop them from stopping me basically those are the only two things you want to figure out versus although with galvanic relays can i win next turn (laughs) when i blast off this big relay but if you're looking at their hand with the duress you could take i think what you want to do is start 
with the least mana cost thing that they're going to interact with you with because then they have to keep more mana open which stresses their turn a lot yeah. so like for example i i duress a player they had dispel and counter spell now obviously i can't take both and one of them they're going to be able to use but if i take the dispel they can't also cast preordain that's very important um if they only have something like echoing truth or echoing decay if they only have echoing decay you could say okay i have two first day of class this doesn't matter if they have echoing truth you probably want to take that but you also can get to the point where you might just um first day of class chatterstorm they truth it when you attack then you just blast another chatterstorm because you know that you duress them down to zero and you hope that they don't have a good top deck and then you kill them in another turn that can definitely be doable I think I've I've quad I've quad first date once and it was more for again I don't want to I know I don't want to say it was for the BM but it was definitely <laughs> for extra Well was, I mean you're not <laughs> if you BM have it you got to go for it storm. right Yeah the BM was picking storm in the first place you might as well <laughs> I was playing against an affinity player and I like double or triple relayed and then the next turn i had all four first day of class and all four chatter storms and i was on storm 20 casting the first one and i was just like slamming the chatter storm I'm like i'm gonna break the client and then i think on the third chatter storm the whole game reset i was like oh, well man. it was worth it it was yeah you know what uh, i mean i could have won but i didn't i just wanted to do the thing yeah, I wanted no, to see how much we yeah. could get. I did, um, I think, uh, in solitaire when I was testing the relay with with is it, I blasted off for three hundred and thirty damage on turn four, which was fun. <laughs> oh man, galvanic relay is crazy. Galvanic relay is nuts. It's kind of crazy that you, especially with something that is a. Um, a cantrip so like let's say you have extra mana you go like uh if you know you're gonna relay anyway you go like dark rituals star 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 sack it for black star sack it for black you know you just draw drew extra cards and then that casting of the star is going to draw you extra cards anything that's a cantrip is going to draw you another card it's just wild and then they can't interact with it in any way so you're only you're only being pinched as the storm player on what you can do in the next turn. So you have to be very aware of what the opponent can do and make sure that you don't get like go down to one swamp and then you have to be able to resolve your dark ritual cuz it's not going to resolve. Yeah, it's yeah, that is I think you touched upon that uh, earlier and just now but yeah knowing how much you need to spend is spending that ritual worth that one extra card off relay is, yeah yeah so making that evaluation is very important i think you also have to like just try to draw as many cards as possible before making a decision just try to stay pretty open yeah um if you're playing against storm and you want to try to take them out now that we know that Galvanic Relay is a big, super big problem, let's say you duress them on turn one and they have first day of class, Chatterstorm, Galvanic Relay, Rit Rit. 
I guess you probably take it depends on what's going on with you. <laughs> That's yeah, a pretty bad situation for you. Yeah, I know. That's a lose you, lose. Yeah. Uh, what was what was the I think one time uh, in the mirror, I think it was during a challenge, my opponent uh relayed for three, hit Manamorphose Chatterstorm first day of class. Because yeah, you run that risk of okay, I take one of their important pieces, then they just galvanic relay and draw more copies. I guess my example was poor, <laughs> but what you want to do is, if you're fighting Storm, Storm is a critical mass deck, so you need to reduce the mass that their critical mass. You want to take away their ability to have cards. So if they play. Knight's Whisper on turn two, and you have a counter spell, counter it. If they play, uh, let's say they went like Sandstone Needle, turn two, Manamorphose. I would counter that Manamorphose right away. Just pinch them on red mana and cards, and if you have a Duress and you can take a Relay early, and they don't have anything else that can actually kill you right then, I would take the Relay. Um, if they cannot kill you, Let's say they, if they had Relay first day of class and Chatterstorm, I'd probably just take the first day of class because the Chatterstorm's going to be less of a, less of a deal. The Relay, they were not going to have extra cards for, and you're going to reduce the ability for them to be able to like, slam you on their next turn. It's yeah. tough, man. It's Yeah, it's kind of a lose-lose scenario. I tried playing Familiars in the meta, and like Storm is just so resilient now. With relay and with duresses, what are you gonna do? I hated playing against Mogwarts with four duress. And this is even worse. Yeah. They can kill you before you even play anything if you just have tap lands. And then if you wait, they just keep making land drops and then relay for huge and then kill you. So it's it's pretty insane. Uh, yeah. I think we've said that a couple of times. <laughs> we, I think I've said it's nuts multiple times unintentionally. Uh, so apologies for the people who are hearing that for the third time and just like digging their fingers into their legs. Uh, and uh, it's very, it's very um, over the top and uh, definitely over the power level that Popper can manage at the moment. But the two things that are being able to manage the power level in some ways are Affinity and Blue-Black. Blue-Black Delver mostly because it has a fast clock disruption and it has the Monarch. So they can sit, sit behind their Angler or the Monarch and just counter you out if you don't get an early kill. And then I think that Blue-Black Fey is doing something similar in which where they just, you know, get an early ninja and wait. Because if they can bury you in card advantage, you're not going to get through it. And Affinity has a fast clock. As we said, they have eight enforcers now, and they have Atog Fling. Plus, they can play every color in sideboard cards. So yeah. we're seeing things like Dispel, Echoing Truth. I didn't see an Echoing Decay. Uh, Hydroblast, stuff like that, that's going to disrupt you in some ways. So I think what I've seen, the best sideboard card you can have is just Duress. Yeah. <laughs> Just duress everything. It ends up being kind of like Git Probe because it doesn't draw you a card, but it just... It saves... I guess it uh, it go, trades one for one. 
and it gives you the information on what you need to do. So yeah. I like that a lot. I love like Galvanic Relay hit three du- three duress. I'm just like yeah. <laughs> for me, the duress always reveals uh, double blue elemental blast every time. Uh, but <laughs> I uh, guess you just have to take one of them and just hit more duresses. Easy. I got into a situation where my opponent left up two blue mana, and I had a big relay, had a couple of duresses, and mm-hmm. some dark rituals. I tapped my one black source. I had two black sources. I tapped a black source for dark ritual. Unfortunately, they can't counter the dark ritual. Because if they counter it, they'll be tapped out and die. But because they can't counter the dark ritual, I now have two free duresses, so they just die anyway. It's like, there's really no good way around it. There's no silence. It's crazy. So, I think that it's been pretty clear that uh, Popper Storm is, well, at least Chatterstorm is too much for the format. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we probably need bans coming forward. We probably yeah. will see one eventually. Um, hopefully not before this releases, but maybe we'll talk about mm. Maybe we'll release it anyway. <laughs> yeah. But if we look at the format as a whole right now, I think obviously the two decks that got mega boosted were affinity and storm so i would be pretty happy personally if we just got rid of something from affinity and um probably need to take out chatterstorm and galvanic relay i could see yeah, galvanic relay being think... kind of broken even if we leave it in the format and chatterstorm yeah. is gone i don't think they're going to take out relay that's the thing i think they take out chatterstorm or i know yeah I know you know who was thinking or was suggesting first day of class bans. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not the way to go. I mean, it's not it, the way to go. It's interesting because, well, let's say if first day of class was were gone, we would lose our. Um, we'd probably lose a little bit of consistency. The deck would be significantly hurt for sure, but I don't like, think it would kill it though. Yeah. And is that really the part? Is that really the root of the problem there? Yeah. I mean, you also could just go with Weather the Storm Cleric, which makes mm. you never lose to aggro. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I just actually played it in a league to see if it would work. And I lost to Storm, as expected. <laughs> yeah. And I destroyed an Affinity Pilot. And I lost to uh, Blue Black decks because they had too much interaction. Yeah, that can... that version you can't just win on turn two as yeah. easily. So like you, Chatterstorm is good because they need an echo, an echoing effect versus just a bolt. Mm. So you just one cleric and they have a bolt. You're kind of you're kind of dead in the water. Yeah. So ban ban Chatterstorm and relay, in my opinion, Atog. Just because I don't like getting flanged. <laughs> yes. I don't think that there should be eight mirror enforcers, but if there is eight mm-hmm. mirror enforcers, if eight mirror enforcers do exist, then please just don't give them also a combo kill. Yeah. They can, That's ridiculous. Yeah. You have 12 cards. You have four mirror enforcer, four sojourns, four atogs. You can keep eight of them. <laughs> yeah, take yeah. something away. Yeah. I think atog probably bites it. I think if atog... 
stays, then the indestructible lands need to go. Yeah. Because that's ridiculous. Yeah, we shouldn't definitely. have to play four dust to dust. Although I might yeah. continue to do so. Affinity <laughs> uh. is one of those decks where you're just like, okay, I did a really good job. And they're like, well, top deck fling, you're dead. Like, yeah. Okay, now I'm really mad. And then you just start just main boarding all this artifact hate. Yeah, it's very much a spite deck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like, mean, it's not even Bogles. Bogles doesn't make me that mad. Affinity makes me real mad. Bogles doesn't give you that hope. Because Bogles yeah. doesn't have that top deck fling thing. It's either you've stuffed them or you haven't. Affinity, you can be stuffing them, and then they go, oh, top deck fling. Yep. Uh, Bogles. Some Bogles decks do run fling, but they are if they have fling, then they are not getting stuffed. Or if they can fling you to death, then they are most likely not getting stuffed because they probably gave whatever they had trample because they use ram through anyway. So yeah. yeah. And then if we're taking out affinity things and storm things, we probably need to go back to the format that was before and deal with Tron. Please just get rid of it. I think that's how I feel. Black's a little efficient, but. Yeah. We want to get. I I want to get rid of Tron, the Monarch, Atog, Storm stuff. Yeah. I mean, I Just agree go back with to all that. Truly interactive magic. Yeah, I think I think that does kind of. I'm not. I don't want to play like devil's advocate, but I do think that kind of brings up the uh, USS Constitution question, uh, which uh, for those of you who don't know is basically. Uh, how much of an original object do you rep can you replace while it's still being that object? Uh, for context, the USS Constitution, it's a famous boat uh, over here in Boston. Uh, and problem with wooden boats is they rot. So over the years, it's gotten replaced by more and more wood that wasn't from the original uh, to the point where it is now 10 percent original uh boat 90 percent uh additions and i think that kind of i think that's kind of an interesting way to look at just our the popper meta yeah is how much and i'm not saying that we shouldn't like throw out these old like pillars and tenants but i think it's i think it's interesting to imagine I think for me, the popper is um, not having crazy overpowered things and like working, mm -hmm. working, I don't know, it's hard to say crazy overpowered things, but I think having the ability to interact and having the ability to manage the situation where it's like, Monarch you can't interact with, yeah. Tron you can't interact with, you can try to kill their land, but they can just have three lands. It's not something that you can counter, stuff like that. Um, Storm you can't interact with. Yeah. Obviously, this indestructible lands you can't interact with. Yeah. It's too much. I think what Popper is for me is kind of the essence of not having the Swiss Army like design. Like no, like I cannot off the top of my head name every single ability Questing Beast has. I will always forget one of them. Usually, the cannot be blocked by two power creatures or less, or the vit. Oh, 
but that's the type of thing I like avoiding in Popper uh, is those like these cards that are stuff from every possible angle to make them auto includes we have stuff that's too strong but since astrolabe there hasn't really been something that's a ubiquitous auto include yeah and i think that's i believe that's a very important part of popper for me well it would be nice if the indestructible artifact lands kind of remained in the format as like a cool thing to do with wildfire and stuff yeah, but I like that idea. It kind of ruins the old version of Popper where we were all abusing bounce lands because mm. bounce lands are just kind of dead if wildfire is a big thing. Yeah. And people would say that having four wildfires main will disrupt Tron enough for it to matter. I don't know if that does, it's, but it's not true. it might matter some. I, I, mean, I mean, I played wildfire familiars and uh, just completely obliterated a Tron player um so that felt nice but i think it's kind of medium i just i don't yeah i think you're not getting more value than if you were running red blasts yeah or like some uh, it's hard to say yeah just take it away and then we can deal with it later <laughs> get, yeah get it out of here <laughs> <laughs> or unban map or whatever people if you want map unbanned uh yeah so let's say let's say that just chatterstorm is banned what happens then uh affinity, affinity runs rampant yeah no affinity yeah start making altars of the atog i think Sacrifice if affinity artifacts for a top deck fling if uh, only chatterstorm is banned then <laughs> i think if only affinity uh, if <laughs> I think if only Chatterstorm is banned, then Affinity obviously is like tier zero. So then we probably have Affinity, Boros Bully, and Blue Black being the decks. Because Boros That's... Bully can main deck for uh, Dust to Dust. Yeah. Given lootings and stuff. So that would probably be how it turned out. I think that's a pretty uh, reasonable idea of what it would shake out to be. I don't know that they would mainboard four, but they would definitely mainboard like one or two. I would do four. <laughs> Why not? Just you play you wildfire. Play Jeskai wild. Like... Play wildfire bully. Four dust to dust. Four four uh, wildfire. You're ramping yourself, or you're di disrupting. Um, their artifact lands or Tron lands, and you got your dust to dust. You can just ditch them with looting. It seems are, decent. Are you still running bounce lands though? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So that would probably what would happen. But then Tron would be a big player again. Yeah. So it's always yeah. there waiting. That's that's the thing. It's always there on the sidelines. People are like, oh, it's not a problem now. The meta's faster. And you just know it's just waiting for its chance. I think that having Storm off. and uh, Wildfire decks in the meta killing um, the Utopia Sprawl Ponza decks, that's been nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know how you feel about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I yeah, actually... That has, been, that has been something that I have appreciated is I haven't seen a thermocarst in ages, and I do not miss it whatsoever. 
Well, I got wrecked by a Thermokarst last week. And also somebody was playing Wildfire uh, Artifact-y Bully something or other and just slamming me a Hospice or that Pirate's card. And I was like, okay. Pirate's card? It. The Pirate card? The oh, Cascade the Pirate, pirate. card. The, yeah. Boarding yeah. party. Mr. Boarding party. Mm. So they're not gone. Ain't no party like a boarding party. It's a boarding party cascades into a small drifter. Yeah. I think we would probably be in a bad situation if only storm cards were banned. Um, I think, I think it's probable that Wizards is going to sit on this for a while, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll see where it goes. But yeah. I would recommend that if you're playing Storm, you play some duresses in the main. You play, uh, play tight and just play to your outs. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, okay, I guess I go for it. Oh, I win. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, I... all, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. This this is the type of well, of course that something breaks every four months, but this is the this is a specific type of broken that doesn't happen super often. So. Yeah. yeah. Come in and uh, learn how to play it because. Being able to be flexible in your choices has been a pretty big learning experience, I think. Yeah. You can never get worse at magic by learning more decks. That's true. The better you understand every single angle of attack and deck building, the better you're going to... Yeah. Alrighty. So do you have anything uh, else you wanted to bring up on Storm? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm right, well, waiting uh, for it to be gone. It's it's not even that I dislike playing against it. I mean, I dislike losing, so that probably explains what. So, but I don't dislike losing to it more than I dislike losing to other decks. It's just it's not a healthy presence. And yeah, also a fandy, of course, but yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Well, I've got nothing else. And uh, hopefully this comes out after the ban. <laughs> but if so, then I hope you enjoyed the recap. And uh, <laughs> if not, I hope this helps you get your leagues going and try to make some people sad for about the squirrels coming at them. Yeah. Alrighty. And uh, that'll be enough for me. And thank you, everyone. I'm Kelly Kais. If you can go on YouTube, you can find me at youtube.com slash I'm on Twitter at J-A-K-E-A-L-S. Uh, Kelly Kais on Reddit, Discord. I'm always happy to answer questions about familiars if you want to hit me up, and hopefully I'll be able to play that deck again once Storm is banned. What about you, Diego? Uh, yeah, I'm Diego Grando on uh, Magic Online, uh, MTGOB on Twitter, and... Uh... Diego Rando MTG on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, I am going to hopefully I'll start streaming some more once the bands are gone. I do have a video on Storm. Uh, I feel decently happy with that one. It was my first league to run through, but uh, it uh, still went pretty well. And uh, Storm is strong. Yeah, Storm is strong. But yeah.
we will see you guys next time. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>